All right, but let's read uh, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 20. You're going to know this story, I think, really well. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. You know, for the last few weeks, this Christmas season, we have been uh, looking at different words in that angel's announcement to those shepherds. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. And we talked about the role fear played in the Christmas story. We've talked about fear and fear not. We've talked about beholding God last Sunday, beholding God above all else, especially in this season of distraction. And today what we want to do is we want to look at the good news of Christmas. What makes the Christmas story such good news? But before we do that, I want to ask you a question. And the question is, what is the best news? that you have ever received? What is the best news that you have ever received? Maybe it was the news that you had gotten that dream job that you were always hoping for. Maybe it was that acceptance letter to that school that you just wanted to get into so bad. Maybe it was the news the doctor brought you that the cancer was gone or the cancer was in remission. Or maybe if you're young here, maybe it was that girl or boy you've had your eye on for a long time and news has come out that they've broken up with their boyfriend or girlfriend. Anyone been there before? For me, the best news that I have ever received came on January uh, of 2010. And at that time, my wife and I, we were living in a little town outside Peterborough, and I was pastoring. I was the youth pastor, the children's pastor, the music pastor, and the church janitor. And there I learned for the first time that it wasn't just boys who peed on the floor. And that really just broke me, you know, as a pastor. I had to just learn how to have compassion and empathy for those for the very first time. I I couldn't believe it to be true, but I discovered it to be true. But at that time, we decided to make a move in our life. We were married not even two years. And we're like, this is the perfect time in our life that, you know, we don't have kids right now. So let's move to, we moved to British Columbia and let's both start our schooling. Let's get our schooling done because we made the decision to kind of do everything backwards. We got married and then we did school and, and all that stuff. And as you can anticipate where this story is going, it wasn't even two weeks into our new adventure out west when Julia came to me with that little plastic stick with the two pink lines. And I said, my gosh, Julia, you tested positive for COVID. But it wasn't that sort of test. 
It was a different positive test. And I discovered and I received the news I was going to be a dad. And while it wasn't the most easiest news that I've ever received, it was certainly the best news. And the news of being a father, you know, it's, it's one of those news that, you know, you knew. It's going to come with difficult days. It's going to come with sleepless nights. It's going to challenge and stretch you and grow you. But what made this news the best news that I've ever received is that it was news that changed my life in the very best way imaginable. And today we want to talk about what makes the Christmas story such good news. And not just good news for them, for the shepherds on that starry night, but what makes the Christmas story good news for us living today. Especially when you consider that we're living in a time and in a world that seems to be endlessly dominated by bad news. Why is it that every time we turn on the TV or you look at your phone, something terrible is always happening? It's like the old TV adage, if it bleeds, it leads. You know, growing up, we had a joke in our home that we'd always watch the 6 p.m. CTV news or the local, or local news. And the joke was that it was always 55 minutes of doom and gloom followed by one positive story at the end of like a puppy being saved from drowning or something to sort of send you off. But now it's like they've gotten rid of the puppy story and it's just 60 minutes. And by the end of the 60 minutes, you're convinced that we're all about to die. No wonder mental health is in such a bad place. But it's not that the media is all at fault for doing this. That It's not all their fault for all this bad news. We've got a part to play in it as well, don't we? You know, studies show that the human brain, we are hardwired towards negativity. We gravitate towards the negative rather than the positive. It's called negativity bias. You know, if I said to you, I've got really, really good news for you, and i got really, really bad news for you, which one do you want to hear first? Which one do you want to hear first? You want the bad news. Give me the bad news first so I can deal with that, and then I'm going to, you know, I can hear the good news. It's why when you get one negative comment, if somebody says one bad thing about you, it takes five positive comments about you to sort of counteract that one negative comment. We are a people starving for good news. We're desperate for it. But here's the thing about news. News is just news, right? Meaning that it's just shared information about something that has happened. It has no inherent value. News doesn't come good or news doesn't come bad. News is just news. Like, for example, if I told you yesterday it rained, and that's a bad example. I wrote this before. It snowed, like, all this much. But let's just say yesterday it rained, okay, instead of snow, which would be nice. That's just information that has no inherent value in its own. You're like, okay, it rained, whatever. So what? So what? Unless you are, unless we're in the middle of summer and it hasn't rained in a month and a half and you're a farmer whose livelihood is dependent on getting rain for those crops and, and if you're that person, suddenly it rained takes on a whole different meaning than someone like you and I who's like, oh, so I don't care, so what? It rained is now the most good news that you've heard because what has happened has the ability to change your life for the better. 
And it's not a coincidence. I want you to understand this. It's not a coincidence that when we read in Luke chapter 2, the very first public announcement of Christ's birth was given to a group of shepherds who were watching over their flock by night. It wasn't a coincidence that it was shepherds that heard that a Savior had been born this day in the city of Bethlehem. That, but this news wasn't just any news. That this news, this information that a child has been born and is lying in a manger was good news that would bring great joy for all people. And the sign, the angel said, if you need a sign that this is good news, is that when you show up and when you go there, you'll find the child wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. You know, we often assume that the shepherds in the story or the child lying in a manger, a feeding trough, are these creative edits designed to add a little bit of color to the story. When in reality, the shepherds and the manger are what make the story of Christmas good news in the first place. I mean, not everyone, as we know already, agreed that the king being born in a barn and laid in a feeding trough was good news. Not everyone interpreted this announcement as being a positive thing. And so the question then is, if then the birth of Jesus is good news, to whom was it good news? And the answer was, it was shepherds. To shepherds. They could hear the news of a child being born in a feeding trough as good news. In fact, a king being born in a manger... A manger, something these shepherds do all too well, meant that this announcement that you would find him in a manger was not for the rich and the powerful. It was not an announcement for those at the very top of the food chain who every time they had something to share, every time they shared news, it benefited them and it was bad for the shepherds. It was at their expense that good news was shared. But this news was not for them. It was for us, shepherds, symbolic of all those who were lowly and poor and forgotten and pushed aside and rejected. And for once in their life, something had happened for them. It was good news for them. The angel says, I bring for you, I bring to you, shepherds, good news of great joy for all people. Who might possibly see a child laid in a feeding trough as a sign of God's inbreaking into the world of his power and his love and his glory? And the question that I want to bring to you today is, is to consider this. To whom is the gospel of Jesus Christ good news to? To whom is the gospel good news to? The announcement of one being born in the likeness of, of humanity, emptying himself, taking on the form of servants, humbling himself as a human even to the point of death, specifically the death of a criminal on a cross. To whom today would that announcement be good news of great joy? <laughs> What's it not Isaiah, who prophesied in Isaiah 53 verse 3, he was despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Yet at the same time, there are those here today and there are those all across the world who have not despised him. Who have, not esteemed, who have esteemed him as the King of kings and Lord of lords. Who have given their life for him and have taken up their cross in order to follow him. Are they not those who Jesus has pronounced as blessed? The poor in spirits, 
those who mourn, the meek, the gentle, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers? What if Jesus calls them blessed because they, like the shepherds, are the ones who are capable of seeing God's salvation and his kingdom as being good news of great joy? See, how we receive the Christmas story as good news, but not just the Christmas story, I mean the entire gospel story, is to receive it like the shepherds did, in humility, in lowliness. You know, we may not be like the shepherds in that we are actually low or that we have actual poverty, but we don't really need to be that. We can, like Jesus did, humble ourselves. We can become the poor in spirits. We can take on a humility and spiritual lowliness because without humility and a spiritual lowliness, it will be impossible for you and I to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ as good news. Why do you think God chose the foolish things of this world like a manger? Is it not in order to shame the wise? And why does God choose the weak things of this world like a cross? Is it not to shame the strong? But as 1 Corinthians 1, 28 to 29 says, God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. But what we can do today, however, is we can boast in the Lord by hearing the news of one born in a manger, of hearing about one who died on a cross, and we receive it as the very best news, the greatest story ever told. For instead of walking aimlessly, trying to earn salvation or to become a good person by our own merit, of striving to for peace on earth in our own strength, we get to instead come to Jesus. We get to come to the only one who offers true rest for our weary souls because only in Jesus do we find good news in a world filled with endless bad news. The Christmas story is good news to those who hear it as being good news. But not only is the announcement a Savior has been born good news, that the Savior has been born is more than just an announcement. It is an invitation Why it is good news is because when you hear that the Jesus Christ, that a Savior has been born, it's not just being announced to you, it is inviting you to come and see for yourselves. This is what the shepherds did. They said to each other, let's go have a look. Let's go see for ourselves the thing that has just happened. See, the shepherds don't only hear the good news of Christmas, but they responded accordingly. And they went in haste to Bethlehem. And I'm sure, shepherds, it didn't take them very long to locate the specific place where the child would be laying in a feeding trough. I'm sure they had those locations down pat. And there they found a baby lying in a manger. And upon seeing it for themselves, they went away worshiping, glorifying God, telling everyone about what they had heard with their ears and saw with their eyes. You see, the Christmas story is good news because it is so much more than just an announcement. It is an announcement that comes with an invitation. It is good news that invites you to respond accordingly with your life with great joy. This is what makes the gospel so very profound. It tells you what Christ has done on your behalf 
but it invites you to respond accordingly. It says, this is what Christ has accomplished. This is what he has done. But it calls you in response to that news to repent, to believe, to follow, to share. You know, to use the example of when I became a father, you know, when I became a dad, when I received the good news that, Terry, you're about to become a dad, it wasn't just an announcement that I was about to have a son. It was an invitation for me to become a father. Because how many of you know that any man can have a child, but not every man can become a father, right? Not every woman can become a mother, It requires you to respond accordingly to the news that you have been told. It requires a response. It invites you uh, to become a father, to, to grow up, to mature, to stretch, to sacrifice. And so if the gospel is good news today to you, it will invite you to come and see for yourself the things God has done for you. You will be invited to experience the miracle of God becoming flesh. And as a result, have your life transformed because of what you have heard. This is the fundamental difference between Christianity and every other religion on this earth. See, every other religion, most religions, salvation is primarily good advice. It is telling you something you should do. It's teaching you on what you need to do in order to be a good person or to get to God. While Christianity, our faith, is not advising you on something you should do. It is rather instead telling you something that already has been done. It is news. It's not you should do this, but it's he has already done that. The gospel is not good advice. It's good news. For example, if you heard, if I were to tell you that there was a great enemy coming your way. This great enemy was on the way to to kill, to steal, and destroy everything about you and your life and the people that you love. If you were to hear that today in that moment, what you would need most is good advice, right? You would need a military advisor. I'd be calling Jeff up on the phone and be like, give me some military tactics in order to do, to, what do I need to do in order to defend myself from this enemy? And he'd be like, okay, go there, you know, do this, do 10 push-ups, come to, uh, you know, the disciples on the rock on Tuesday morning at 6.30 a.m. To get, to get hard. You know, he'd be like, build a trench, erect a wall. Here's this advice in order to defend yourself from the enemy. But what if suddenly you were told that a great king went out on your behalf and intercepted that enemy and defeating him before he ever even got close to you. What you need then is not a military advisor to tell you what you need to do, but what you need is a messenger to tell you what has already been done. And oh, by the way, do you know what the Greek word for messenger is? It's the word we use for angel. It's the word angel. What, did, what would that messenger tell you in that moment? It would tell you, fear not. Fear not. Behold, I have good news. It's going to make you be really joyful. The king has conquered the enemy. And what this means for you is because he has done that, you can do this. Stop digging trenches. Stop building that wall. 
You don't need to save yourself, so stop trying because the king has already done that. What that messenger would tell you is good news. And it would be good news because it would require nothing on your part. Yet it would change everything about your life. It would change everything about your life. How can you tell if what you have been told is good news or not today? Well, the answer is, is it would be how you've responded to that news. Your response, how you've responded to the invitation would tell me everything I need to know about whether or not what you have heard is good. See, the Christmas story is good news because it calls us to respond accordingly. It invites us. It beckons us. It produces something in us. Maybe today what it produces is hope. Maybe it's peace. Maybe it's joy. Maybe it's love. Because when something so wonderful, so transformative, so life-changing has happened, hearing alone is never enough. Amen? Hearing alone is not enough. The book of James says, don't be just hearers of the word, deceiving yourselves, but be doers of the word, of the word also. Paul says to the Romans, so faith comes from what is heard. And what is heard comes through the message about Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ becomes good news when what you hear invites you to respond. Can you bring me that water? I am totally out of breath. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news when you are invited to respond. And for Paul, what hearing the good news does is it is supposed to produce faith. For the angels, hearing the good news produces joy. But whatever it may be, when you hear the good news today of all that God has accomplished in Jesus Christ, don't just hear it today as good news. Respond to it. Answer it. God doesn't want us just to hear about what his son has done for us. He wants us in response to all that Jesus has done to become that sort of good news to others. See, Jesus didn't just bring good news. He was the personal embodiment of good news. And I believe today that for all of us who hear it and respond accordingly, what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you is to take your life, your, your testimony, your offering, your gifts, everything about you, and wants to make you and I the, the also an embodiment of good news. I love Paul says this. It's all throughout his, his writings. He says, you are God's workmanship. You're good news. You're, you're not good news because you are the author of good news. You are the product of good news. You are the workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Paul says that you are Christ's ambassadors. That God makes his appeal to the world. He makes the appeal. He says to the world, I've got good news for you. And he does it through us. And so today, if you hear the Christmas story today as good news, let's just not hear it today. Let's be good news. In fact, this is my encouragement to us all here today because this is the last time I get to share in 2021. We're about to put an end on this chapter this year. 
But here's my encouragement for us as we're about to enter into a new calendar year. In 2022, in a world filled with bad news, let's be a people of good news. Let's be a people of good news. Let's be a people who hear good news, who live good news, who bring good news. Like Proverbs 25, verse 25 says, like cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Like cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Have you ever been so thirsty? (laughs) And somebody, or you just get that cold glass of water and it's like the best thing you've ever had in your life. You know, in a world filled with thirsty souls, there is one who is the living water that when one who drinks, they will never thirst again. That is Jesus Christ. He is the living water to thirsty souls. But what if you and I were called to be the cup that holds the living water? What if? What if how people drink is living water, that is the good news of the gospel, but we get to be the cup? Maybe you're thinking today, Pastor Terry, you don't know me. You don't know my story. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. I'm not worthy enough. I've made mistakes. I don't feel qualified. Well, guess what? Sometimes cops chip and sometimes they get scratched. Sometimes maybe even they're partly broken. But what if what qualifies us today to be the sort of good news that God makes his appeal to the world through the workmanship? What if it's nothing to do with what we're able to do? What if it's nothing to do with, with what makes us qualified, but it is completely dependent and rests completely upon what Christ has done and is still doing? In a world filled with bid, bad news, let's be a people of good news. Let's embody the good news of Christmas. What is the good news of Christmas? It's the, the candles we light at Christmas. Hope, peace, love, joy. What's embody the good news of the cross. What is the good news of cross? The cross. It's humility. It's sacrifice. It's forgiveness. Let's embody the good news of the resurrection. A transformed life. Spiritual power. Boldness. Courageousness. Let's be good news in a world filled with bad news. Let's pray. God, what a great morning it's been, Lord. And I just, as we stop to pray, God, I think about the young girls and the message they brought this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. God, my prayer today is that would be good news to our ears. Good news. And God, I know that not everyone in our world hears that as good news. It's news, but it's not good news. Lord, we want to hear it today as good news. And God, I pray, Lord, today, we would hear it today as good news by humbling ourselves, by receiving it today as the shepherds received it, that a child lying in a a manger, there's only one group of people who could ever say, wow, that's really good news. It was shepherds. And I think it is those who hear the gospel message you have pardoned us of our sin, that there was no way for us to get to God, 
that never once when we had turned our backs on him did you turn our backs on us, but you were always coming after us. You were always in pursuit of us because you love us and you gave your life for us so that there could be a way back to you. God, if we don't hear that today as good news, oh, Spirit of God, break our hearts. Lord, I pray we humble ourselves because, God, you, you Lord, you humble the exalted and you exalt the humble today. And, Lord, we want to just know you today as good news, hear you today as good news, receive you today as good news. And that is why, God, in order for it to be truly good news, it can't just be heard. We have to respond. And Holy Spirit, I don't know how you are calling every individual to respond today, but I fully am trustworthy knowing that you are speaking to hearts here today. How are we being called to respond today to the gospel? Is it with faith? Is it with a fear not? Is it with a a need to behold? Is it with a humility? Is it with a boldness? I don't know what it is today, oh God. But whatever we do, God, may we not remain passive to this good news. May we respond accordingly. Lord, in, in, this, in this upcoming year, Lord, you know the challenges we don't, God, but I anticipate, Lord, 2022 will be filled with it. But God, in this world, Lord, we will have trouble, but take heart. You've overcome the world. And because you have overcome the world, we will be a people who embody that victory. We'll be a people who embody that love you have for the world. In other words, we will be a people of good news. God, thank you so much for the gift of your son, Jesus. We behold him today in the Christmas story. In your name we pray, amen.